deep in the queue. I, I'm watching the Cavs game right now. It's uh, Saturday night. Beautiful wife, beautiful child just went upstairs for bed and uh, turned on the Cavs game, actually podcasting. I think this might be the first time in my life I've ever been literally laying down podcasting. But I'm laying on my couch right now watching the Cavs game. And, uh, yeah, wife and child just went to bed. And, and it reminds me of the great announcers of all time. Like, the Cavs used to have this guy, Fred McLeod, who unfortunately passed away way too early. But Fred used to um, do play-by-play, and then they have Austin Carr, who was their analyst, who still is to this day. But they have, I love how announcers have their own unique sayings. Like, Austin Carr, when someone would hit a three, he would say, Deep in the queue! Because <laughs> the, the place was always called Quicken Loans Arena. Not anymore. Now it's called Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. But um, and then Fred, they would always make these like references to downtown Cleveland, and I used to just love it because then Fred McLeod would say something like, "He hit that one from East Ninth Street." And you know, it's great. Reminds me of my father. You know, my dad sitting in the living room or in the basement. Now he's got a man cave now at my parents' house, watching games. Be it the uh, Indians, sorry Guardians or Cavs or Browns. And my dad, if you knew me from the radio, you've heard me talk about it, used to do these, literally used to play-by-play these games from our living room. And actually led to, my dad recently was voted Citizen of the Year in our hometown, in Conneaut, Ohio. And it was actually uh, about a week and a half ago that my wife and I went went to Ohio just for one night for uh, the dinner where he got to get up and give a speech, and it was so cool, man. It was awesome. It was like, my dad really does do a lot of great things. I actually learned things about him that night. Like, my dad um, got the gig doing the public address announcing for our local high school football team because he would sit in our living room and do play-by-play for Cleveland Indians games when I was a kid. And in the summer, windows are open. He's doing this play-by-play. My across-the-street neighbor was a guy named Bill Fales, who happened to be the local athletic director for our high school. Heard his voice. Heard how he would bellow and just, you know, do a swing and a drive. Deep left. And my dad would do the whole game. I mean, he would sit there and literally play-by-play nine innings of Indians baseball. And so our neighbor, Bill Fales, asked my dad, if he would be interested in being the public address announcer for the uh, Conneaut High School football team. And he's doing it to this day. It's 30 years doing it. He also does uh, girls basketball, boys basketball. He does the um, PA announcing for something called D-Day in our hometown, which is this war reenactment thing that they do. Plus, he sits on the cable advisory board. He, uh, he teaches Sunday school. He does two local cable access TV shows. He really an amazing man and so he won citizen of the year i shouldn't say he won he earned he earned citizen of the year and he had this dinner honoring him he was the keynote speaker and he gave a, a speech he spoke for 13 minutes and it was really beautiful it was great to see my dad and my, man, my dad said one thing during that that made me choke up i wouldn't say i cried but i choked up and you know, my grandfather, his father, was my Grandpa Pete, who is the pasta sauce guy. My uh, my Grandpa Pete is, is who I made Guglielmo sauce after. And um, he said in his speech, he said, I feel like my dad. 
something like that. I, he might actually, now that I think about that, I don't know if he said that in the speech or if he said that to me privately, but he said, I feel like my dad, because my, my grandfather was like a celebrity in our hometown. Everybody knew my grandpa. And, you know, my dad's a little bit quieter, as much as that sounds weird, because you're going, wait, didn't you just tell me he does all this public address announcing? Well, y- you know, he's the kind of guy who give him a microphone and, and put him in a in a little room off to the side, and he'll bellow. But, uh, you know, he was really nervous to give this speech. I think it, it's funny. It's a weird thing. It's like my dad is very shy, but at the same time, not. Like, my dad has no problem going on a dance floor at a wedding but is afraid to like walk into a place and pick up pizza. You know, like I don't I don't it's a weird thing. But anyway, Citizen of the Year, Chuck Guglielmo. Pretty cool, huh? Anyway, so sitting here watching the Cavs game, enjoying my uh, Saturday night. I want to say something that was really encouraging to me is last week in my little mini episode podcast, I talked about how I've been listening to Erica Nardini's podcast token CEO she's the uh, CEO of Barstool Sports and she does this update where she talks about what's going on at work but it's really interesting to me because it's a really kind of behind the scenes look at the actual business and I did a little bit of that last week and it was really just nothing I mean nothing I think I talked about what stores we do sell well in and what ones we don't and I got I was going to say a lot of feedback. When I say a lot of feedback, what am I talking about? Five or six text messages or emails. It was like, you know, that's a lot. But I got, you know, five or six people reach out and be like, dude, I love the work updates. I want to hear more behind the scenes. So I thought maybe I'll start sneaking those in here and there. So I wrote down a few things. I figured let me give you a couple highlights, maybe even a low light of uh, the career recently. So let's talk first about um, Craft Cannery, the manufacturing business. Uh, really big week this week. We did, um, brought on a new client, uh, do have some confidentiality, so I can't always name my clients. I apologize, but brought on a nice new big client and we started production on them this week. Also this week bought a pouch filler. Um, so think like when I say pouch filler, think about a bag and as fun as it is is to, to hear this, you know, you think of pasta sauce, you think of it in a jar, but when we sell to restaurants or cafes or whatever, We'll sell sauce sometimes in pouches, bags. It's better for food service. Well, we've always hand-filled our pouches. Well, we finally purchased a pouch filler this week, uh, and which is awesome. We also purchased another piece of equipment, or I should say didn't actually purchase this yet, but we kind of put the ball in motion on this, on a hopper, which would be like a sort of a mini kettle that would sit above where our bottling line is so that sauce goes from the kettle to the mini kettle where it's basically being prepared to actually go in the bottle next and it will gravity fill from the top of the filler down into the bottle. I want to get too detailed. It's a little boring, but uh, a couple of big equipment purchases that I'm really excited about. Another thing I'm excited about this week is we started having some preliminary conversations about maybe uh, expanding our building in the next year or two and also about creating our own brand. So Craft Cannery is a manufacturing business. Guglielmo's is a pasta sauce brand. Craft Cannery is the bigger sort of deal of the two. And I've felt, I mean, me and my partner, everybody kind of feels like, hey, you know, Craft Cannery should have its own brand of products. But we don't want to call it Craft Cannery. We want to come up with a new name, something else to call it, and just create a brand new brand. 
and uh, we came up with a couple ideas this week that I'm really excited about, too. So I'm not ready to talk about those in detail yet, but just, you know, the beginnings of something really cool there. As far as setbacks this week go, um, I would say, <laughs> okay, so here's a good one. The new client that I was telling you about that we just brought in. So it's in order for about 1,100 gallons of sauce. Okay, this guy's ordered 1,100 gallons of sauce from us. And his labels showed up. The labels to go on to his bottles, right? Those come from a label company. We don't print those ourselves. Those come from an outside, a third party. Well, they show up, and we go to do our production on this guy's stuff, and it turns out they roll off the wrong way. So what do I mean by that? So we have a label machine where you put the roll of labels on and they'll just come off one at a time as the labels go down the bottling line, or I'm sorry, as the bottles go down the bottling line, the labels will roll right off and they'll stick to each bottle and it's it's nice and easy, right? It's all an automated system. Well, (laughs) these labels are backwards, so they don't fit on our labeling machine. So our poor labeling guy or our poor back-of-the-line guy, Steven, I call him the machine because I don't think he's human. He's the hardest-working guy I've ever seen. He's back of the line, literally hand labeling every one of these jars as they come off the line. And I mean, I think it's impossible, but this dude, the machine, was keeping up hand labeling. He was keeping up as we were going. He was, I asked him at the end of the day, I said, because we were concerned, I was talking to my partner, we were concerned about labor added labor right if you've got to hand label this what a pain in the ass you know this is going to be so i'm watching him and he's kind of keeping up but i'm watching him every once in a while he's taking a couple jars and putting them off to the side and if he's getting a little behind he would do that so i asked him at the end of the day i go you have to tell me at the end of the day how much extra time you spent with the hand labeling because i i may want to pass a labor charge along because you know what a pain in the ass well anyway he tells me at the end of the day, he goes, about 30 minutes. I go, what? He says, 30 minutes. It, it took me about 30 extra minutes. I go, per, per kettle? So what, we're talking two, three hours here? He goes, no, 30 total minutes. This machine, I'm talking about the human, Stephen, this guy, this employee, the machine, we call him. The machine kept up to the point where he only got behind by 30 minutes over an entire day of hand-labeling bottles rapid-firing off a line. Right? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Okay. Anyway. Uh, oh, let me read your text live here on the podcast. Just got a text from somebody who says, Had me a good dinner tonight. Wegmans frozen meatballs mixed with the best sauce around. Oh, and pasta too. Let me tip this guy back and say, Thank you so much. Love having my cell phone number on the jars of sauce. Hold on. I'm going to text him. Thank you so much. See, my number's on every single jar. Oh, what else do we want to talk about? We don't want to talk about war, do we? I didn't even understand. I was literally, I was watching videos explaining, like, to tell it to me like I'm 10 years old. What is what is happening with Russia and Ukraine? I don't know. I guess Ukraine was part of the Soviet Union. Russia thinks it should be again. But it's not going to be World War III because Ukraine's not part of NATO, which means... All the countries that are part of NATO don't actually have to come to the aid of Ukraine, meaning literally sending troops. Because if that happened, we sent troops, then it would probably end up a nuclear war, and it would just end the world. I mean, at this point, if everybody started firing their nukes off, we'd just end the world, right? Ugh, 
God. Honestly, let's move on. I don't even want to talk about that shit. I don't even know why I brought that up. Oh, I had this thing that um, I saw on Twitter, and I and I kind of changed it, but it was, what's your worst sports take of all time? So I changed it to, and we'll read some of these live, too. Here's the question. Ready? What is the most wrong you have ever been that you are only now willing to admit? And I put this out there because I have a few. I've got, I think I've even talked about a couple of these, but um, I, I think I've talked about radio from my radio days. Bobby Bones, who now is like a nationally syndicated, huge deal celebrity. The guy was on Dancing with the Stars. Like Bobby Bones is, you know, he, it does, oh, by the way, I'm watching the Cavs Wizards right now. Thomas Bryant just did something. That's a, He's a Rochester kid. Oh, God, I'm so distracted. I shouldn't have the TV on while I'm doing this. Anyway, um, <laughs> excuse me. Where was I? Oh, uh, something that you're wrong that you're only now willing to admit. Well, I've admitted this before, but Bobby Bones, when he first got his first syndication deal in the South, he was doing Top 40 Radio, and I found it on Internet Radio at the time. It was kind of when that was still primitive, being able to listen to radio on the Internet. I remember listening to two days of him and thinking to myself, oh, my God, like, this guy is the worst I've ever heard in my life. He'll never make it. I remember thinking to myself, because at the time I was gung-ho radio, I was thinking, oh, I'll be fine. You know, if this guy's getting syndication deals, shit, I'm going to be the most popular radio personality of all time. Oh, God. I work at a factory now. He's nationally syndicated. So I was pretty wrong there. Another one I was wrong about was this Jubal. He's another morning radio guy. That was some of the worst shit I ever heard in my entire life, too. But that guy's syndicated as well. Uh, I'm going to read some of these off Facebook. Here's a good one. Speaking of radio guys, local radio personality Steve Hausman says, I clearly remember when ATMs first came in the scene. I read a story on the air that, quote, soon you'll be able to do your banking via a machine and never even have to enter the bank. After reading it, I editorialized that this concept will never catch on. No one will ever trust a machine to handle their money. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, Everreen, my favorite. Love Everine. She works for Guglielmo Sauce. You might see her at the Guglielmo Sauce tent over the summer here and there. Says, I thought The Rock was making a bad career move when he left WWE. (laughs) Uh, You are the company you keep. Realizing later in life that the parents were right on that one. From my friend from back home, Kelsey. Um, Frank Armini, friend from back home, says, I trusted a fart. Oh, God. <laughs> Christina Lynn says, everything in my 20s. A lot of sports takes here, too. Baker Mayfield was going to be a star. Yeah, that's another. I would say I have a couple sports ones, too, man. I mean, I would say I'll give you two more on my own. One would definitely be Josh Allen. I think at the very beginning first year or two Josh Allen I did not think Josh Allen was going to be a big deal because here's the thing with Josh Allen because think about his first couple years he would get that deer in the headlights look sometimes where you just knew that he was completely in over his head and now I would say he almost never gets that anymore I mean he literally matured and grew and got better and that's great to see I wish Baker Mayfield would do it but um, so Josh Allen is one, plus he was so inaccurate early on, you know, I mean, like remember early first year or two when he would throw balls that were just nowhere near anybody. The other one, uh, not a sports take, but I'll give you one more example of how wrong I've been. That news guy, remember the weather guy from Rochester 
who said Martin Luther, what did he say again? He said Martin Luther King Jr. Park. I don't remember what he said. He said something. He was When he was on the news, he said, like, Martin, uh, what did he say? Oh, my God, now I'm freaking, di- he said something offensive. That's all I remember, but it sounded like a slip of the tongue. And I came to his defense. I was like, no, totally just a slip of the tongue. You know, remember that, like, totally polarized Rochester? Half the people thought it was a slip of the tongue. The other half the people thought, no, he sounds a little comfortable saying that. Well, I was on slip of the tongue team. I thought for sure it was an accident, slip of the tongue, didn't deserve to be fired. Well, a couple of years later, now I think we can see that dude, well, let's just say probably meant what he said because holy shit that dude's one of the crazies jeremy something right jerry i could have swore the hell not i'm not gonna look up his name because i don't remember but you know what i'm talking about that weather guy from rochester oh what else can i tell you two weeks from today going to florida excited about that got my uh, brother-in-law and future sister-in-law house sitting me ryan and leo are going down to florida for a week Get out of this damn cold weather, finally. Going to be in Fort Myers, uh, Bonita Springs, or Bonita Bay. We're going to be in uh, Northport a little bit, and then uh, finally going to do two nights in Marco Island. So we're going to be everywhere while we're there. Ryan has a bunch of family. She's got an aunt. That's why we're going to Northport, aunt that lives there. Her mom is staying in Marco Island. Um, It's her sister's birthday. She's going to be down there, and then her dad has a condo in the Fort Myers, Bonita Bay area. So... um, yeah, so we're going to be basically uh, uh, couch surfing for a week. <laughs> and I had a Delta flight credit, too, so it's the cheapest vacation of my life. I'm so excited. One last thing I want to tell you about, because this is, this is funny. This is interesting. It's a tough one, but it has a good ending. So Today, we wake up, and we're trying to figure out what are we going to do. And I had a bunch of work to do this afternoon, but I said I'm going to have a family morning. So this morning, we decide... We're going to take our son, Leo, to the Pittsburgh Library. So we take him to the library. And if you've never been, it's a great spot for kids. Tons of toys. They have a train set, a bunch of cars and trucks to play with, and just a bunch of great children's books. Well, he's playing great for about a half hour, 45 minutes, and then all of a sudden he hits that toddler wall that they sometimes hit where all of a sudden he's just... Now he's just, you know, he's getting cranky. He doesn't want to share with other kids. And he starts, like, throwing a temper tantrum. Well, my wife starts saying, okay, it's time to go then. We're leaving. And he just throws a whole temper tantrum the whole way out of the library. Well, it's not good, right? We're all bummed. We're driving home. And she's all bummed out because she's like, you know, Jesus, why is he such a dick? And I'm going, yeah, it's fine. He's a toddler. It is what it is, you know. So we get home. They take a nap, whatever. Well, I get home from work this afternoon, and it's, it's, it's dinner time. We eat dinner, and he's still kind of being a dick. He said, like, here's what I mean by being a dick. I mean, he's, t- he told my wife to shut up. <laughs> like, he really did. There's something funny about what a three-year-old's telling people to shut up. But still, nonetheless, it's bad, right? It's bad. You can't encourage that. So he says that, and I take, like, a toy this is how we punish him. This, like, really hurts him. Because timeouts don't do shit. Like, he doesn't care about a timeout. So we take a toy and we put it up on, t- on the top shelf of, of this hutch we have in our kitchen. And we say, well, you've lost that toy. And he flips out. And he does it again. I think he turns around and he, like, punches my wife in the arm. 
And so I take another toy and I put it up there and he flips out and, you know, whatever. And now he finally, like, he starts pouting, but he eats his dinner and he's just kind of pouting at this point. It is what it is. So a few minutes go by, and this is how I say it has a good ending. And he tells my wife, he says, you are the best mommy ever. He just says that out of the blue. It was the sweetest thing in the world. And so we gave him back one of his toys. And now he gets, now he figures it out, right? He's like, oh, my God, this is how I get my toys back. So he turns to me. He goes, you are the best daddy ever. And I go, hold on, buddy. It only works once. (laughs) So then he, over the course of the next hour, you know, something else happened. And he said, thank you. And we were like, see, you're so polite. He said, thank you. So we gave him another toy back. And then I think there was like a third thing where... He was being really nice to the dog, and he was helping the dog, and so we gave him another toy back, and and it ended on such a good note. Like, we ended up having a cookie for dessert, and he's in such a good mood, and this whole time I've been recording this podcast, I can hear him up there. He and my wife were just, like, having a ball, going to bed, and, oh, man, tough, though, man. Those, those public meltdowns, when a toddler has a public meltdown, those are tough ones tough ones. I think if I ever witness that happen again, which I think I've seen that over the years, we all have, right? But if I witness another parent with a kid having a toddler meltdown in public, I'm going to make sure I catch their eye just to give them the old, I feel you nod, you know? <laughs> Alright, well, thank you very much for listening as always. We'll be back next week with another podcast. I will be bringing the equipment to Florida. I think, actually. I don't want to overcommit to that. Maybe I won't. I don't know yet. But I think I'm bringing the equipment to Florida so that I can uh, record down there. That might be a good time to get some good podcasts out. But nonetheless, in the meantime, thanks for listening. Hope you have a great week.